Hello and welcome to the Reflecting Light Show. I am your host, April Rogers, and I am delighted that you are here. Today we have with us my neighbor and my friend, Keith Rushing. Welcome to the show, Keith. Oh, it's great to be here, April. Thanks so, for having me. I'm so excited that you are here. So if you guys saw my videos on May to Shine, Keith is the one that did all of those videos for me. And you're also a philanthropist, a filmmaker, a husband, a father, a grandfather. The list goes on and on. Well, right. you know, I just, <laughs> I'm a jack of all trades. I, right. I'm not very good at any of them, but I, yes, I you, you know, are. I'm kind of good at some of them. I, I just I have a lot of interest and I like to do a lot of things. Yeah. And you and I are both coffee lovers. And so we all yes. gotta have uh -huh. our, our cup of coffee Absolutely. Yeah. going. Yeah. But uh, it is an honor to be here. Thanks for having me, April. I am so, so thankful for you and for your leadership and for the things that you have taught me over the years. You and your wife have been a blessing to my husband yeah. and myself. So, yeah. is it well, we spent uh, we spent many days out on the dock. Yes, visiting, we have. We? Yes, uh, we have. Um, so, you are about to preach. Is this going to be your first sermon that you have preached? No, no, it's my first in a while. Yeah, and uh, I, I've been asked. Uh, as a guest speaker, I guess you will, to deliver the message at St. Paul's United Methodist that. Church in October. October That's going to be great. Yeah. Okay, so you, are you going to talk about how the Lord has brought you out of the darkness and into His marvelous light? You know, I was wondering what I was going <laughs> to what I was going to uh, preach about, what message I was going to give, and uh, I was thinking of two or three different things. But when you sent me uh, an email asking me to do this and mm -hmm. gave me a couple of questions that you might would ask me, that that got me to thinking. And I believe that uh, that the Holy Spirit is kind of directing me in in that direction. I love that. So, yeah. Well, you have a lot of wisdom to give. A lot and... of experience. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just talk about the Lord and His marvelous light. Yeah. And has there been a time in your life where you saw His faithfulness of bringing you out of the darkness and into His marvelous light? You know, almost every day. I, I love mean, that. Well, our, our family is like any other family in the world. We've had our struggles. We've had our storms. You mm -hmm. know, there'll mm -hmm. be more, I'm sure. Right. Uh, we've had relation problems. Uh, there's been, in the past, there's been marital problems. There's been addictions. We've, we've you know, worried about our kids, our grandkids. Uh, I've got close friends dealing with COVID and, mm -hmm. and uh, one who's recently had a stroke. And uh, I mean, there's just, there's so many things in this world that... Uh, that are dark. There's dark right. places in this That's world. Right. And uh, I also struggle now. I, I told you before we got started, I, I struggle with claustrophobia, not just the physical size of a room, but situations in life can make me feel like everything's closing in on me. And, uh, but I tell you what, what really encourages me in that is that, that God reminds us of his promises that right. that he'll bring us out of the darkness and he tells us that we're going to have trouble in this world but to take heart he's he overcome the world so absolutely um yeah almost every day um i find that god brings me out of dark places yeah. uh, into his marvelous light it, it's the only place that i find peace and rest and solitude i've tried other ways mm -hmm. but the only one that ever works is uh in his word well, that surprises me a little bit about you to know that mm -hmm. you get claustrophobic because f for me, for all the times that I've known you, I've, I've never heard you say that before. But what yeah. do you do whenever you are in that 
that position and you're starting to feel closed in on what are some ways that if somebody else was feeling yeah. the same way, how do you cope? How, what are some best practices to get out of that? You know, it seems like things get worse at night, okay. don't they? Yeah. Any problems that you have in life, you seem to deal with them okay during the day when the sun's out. Right. When the sun goes down and it gets dark outside mm -hmm. and you're laying in bed with your thoughts, um, they can kind of run wild on you sometimes. Sure. And so probably the most claustrophobic I feel is at night sometimes. Okay. Even after I, I've gotten in the bed and now we're neighbors. Right. And so if you were to look outside at 1 or 2 a.m., you might would find me in the backyard. Wow. Because I have to get out of mm -hmm. an enclosed environment and talk to God. And that's that's what I do is I get up out of the bed. I may not always go outside, but I certainly go to scripture. And God is a father of compassion, Paul tells us. And that's he's the right. God of all comfort. That's good. And and he gives us comfort in our troubles mm -hmm. so that we can comfort others who have troubles uh, and receive the same comfort that we did from God. That's and right. so he uses others to comfort us and his word. So that's what I do. I go to scripture, I read scripture, and things 100% of the time get better. That's good. You know, one of the things that I struggled with was the quarantine because yeah. I love people. I love mm -hmm. to be around people. And that was a dark time period for me. And, and I didn't really understand it. And it was because I was feeling confined yeah. I, and I felt like I didn't have any control. Mm -hmm. And there was almost a grieving process that came into place for me during that time period. You know, the book was releasing, Made to Shine was, was coming out. It was right in the middle of the pandemic. And I was thinking, oh, you know, I, my hopes and my dreams of how I saw that transpiring didn't yeah. come to fruition. Right. And so I really struggled during that time period. And it was a, a feeling of claustrophobia. Yeah, you know. things are closing in on Yes. I have them all the time. You know, Jesus tells us that we're gonna have trouble in this right. world. Peter told us, he said, you know, um, after you've suffered for a little while, God's mm -hmm. gonna restore you. He's gonna make you strong, firm, and uh, I forget the other word. It's in uh, 1 Peter 5.10, I think. Uh, Paul tells us, now, of all people in the Bible who, who suffered, Paul suffered a lot. He did. And in comparison to what sure. I've gone through or go through, mine are nothing compared to Paul's. But even Paul said, your light and momentary troubles. Yeah. He calls his troubles light and momentary. Right. He was whipped and beaten mm -hmm. and put in prison. And uh, so my troubles pale in comparison to his. But he says, your light and momentary troubles basically pale in comparison to the eternal glory that God's got for us. That's right. So we have to have we have to set our hearts and our minds on things above and not get caught up in the circumstances in life. That's right. That's right. And you know, one of the things that is important to me and I know it's important to you is community. And I think that was one of the tactics that the enemy used was to isolate us mm -hmm. from our community. Yeah. And so then that way we did feel alone in the dark. But, yeah. you know, the, God never intended for us to do life alone. And no. that's why I'm, I am thankful that I had yeah. you and Chandra as a neighbor. And right. we could meet out there. We, we got together and, and visited. Yeah. Have a cup of coffee and just enjoy mm -hmm. what little community we could. Yeah. But, you know, um, 
God is light and he always, yeah. he, he doesn't leave his children in the dark. No. So not at he all. was faithful to come through. Yeah. You know, I know that he used this pandemic to, there was people all in the streets. Remember in our neighborhood, people were getting out and walking and visiting right. more than they ever had. Right. And so if there was yeah. a bright spot, if there's mm -hmm. been a bright spot in this pandemic is that people have gotten out and started being friendlier and families started eating together inside, right. you know. Uh, so there there has been a bright spot in it. There's That's been a good. light in, in that That's darkness. Right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Now you and your wife, Chandra, do a lot for marital ministry because yeah. you guys have a story of how yeah. God took your marriage that seemed like it was broken and right. he he turned it around into the most beautiful love Absolutely. story. Yeah. So tell I mean, us a little bit about that. Well, uh, just briefly, uh, we had marital problems about 20 years ago. We've been married for 43 years this past August. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Uh, That's awesome. Chandra is a saint. Yes, yes. <laughs> for putting up with me. But we had marital problems about 20 years ago and uh, we thought it was over. That our marriage really? was over, yeah. But we both wanted it to work, which was which was a big key in our mm -hmm. marriage working. We wanted it to work, uh, and it was broken. It was badly broken. So thank God that that's who we ran to. Uh, she yeah. ran to him first. I didn't want anything to do with him at the time. Um, mm -hmm. And then when I saw the change come over her, I too ran to God. And he just, uh, without getting into any details, he mended a broken relationship and put it to back together stronger than it ever was. And, you know, we learned that, that marriage is God's idea. It's right. his design. He tells us that right in Genesis. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and if you live outside of his design, then marriage doesn't work that well. Mm -hmm. But if you live within his design, it does. You know, Ephesians tells us this is... All men like this, okay? <laughs> Wives, submit to your husbands, okay? Yep. okay? Wives, <laughs> submit to your husbands. But what I learned, and Chandra would agree if you ask her, we've both asked the question at marriage conferences, places we've spoken, how many wives in here would not submit to their, would not want to submit to their husband if he was loving her like Jesus loves the church? Right, that's right. Men are also called to love their wives as Jesus loves the mm -hmm. church. Now that's a tough way to love because it is it is totally committed. It's totally sacrificial and serving, right? And lifting your wife up and helping her be the best possible woman that she can be, and serving her and leading your family. What woman would want to submit to a guy that loves Absolutely. her like that? That's right. So that's we right. we learned a lot during those times. And what I've learned too, and I haven't been married 43 years, I've been married 20 years to a fantastic man. Absolutely, um, Adams is wonderful. But, you know, submitting, me submitting myself to him is freeing for me. Yeah. Because it allows me to be who I'm, I'm called to be, mm -hmm. you know, and, and for him, to, to love me and to support me and to Absolutely. believe in my dreams is him loving me like Christ loved the church. And then mm -hmm. it makes me want to to submit to him under his authority and his leadership for our family. And mm -hmm. and it is it is a freeing concept. And if you if women could think about it that way, I think it would change a lot of things. I think so too. Uh, I, I don't know that 
a lot of men in the world love their wives like Jesus loves the church uh, because it's hard, number yeah. one. It's yeah. hard, and you have to have a humble spirit to love that mm -hmm. way. And a lot of men, I mean, I used to have a pride problem. I still do to a certain extent. We, we're never completely out of the woods on that. Right. Uh, it's hard to be humble sometimes. You know, the <laughs> reminds me of the old Mac Davis song, Lord, it's hard to be humble. You know, when I look in the mirror every day. <laughs> it's just a, go yeah. listen to that song. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's hard for uh, guys to be humble sometimes and to, and to love that way and to serve mm -hmm. that way. But it's the only way. That's right. You know, um, Jesus, he really did. I mean, we're in, he's perfect. We are imperfect humans. You yes. know, so things are going to get broken from time to time and there's going to be bumps in the road. But talk about the hope that we have if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Uh, you know, Hebrews, was it 11 or 12? Maybe it's 12. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of yep, our faith. Hebrews you know, 12, that's right. Run the, 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 the race of life with perseverance mm -hmm. that's been marked out for us. We each have a race to run. Yeah, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus is the, is the only way really to get through life. Right. Uh, what was your question again? About how the <laughs> how you can have hope even if you are in a broken state. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, there's so much. I always go to Scripture. Okay. All right. Look, from a foundational sense, let's just go to, uh, what is it, 2 Timothy 3.16, mm -hmm. all scriptures God breathed, right? Okay. And what's a good for teaching, correcting, rebuking, training in righteousness. So all scripture is true. It's God-breathed, and it's, it's where we need to go to get answers in life. And so that's, that's how I get through it. There's no other way. I, I can get advice from other Christians mm -hmm. that God uses in, in my life, and I do that, like yourself and like Adam's and some other friends of mine mm -hmm. that, that I respect and that I know are Christ followers and wise, and they stay in the Word. Um, but going to Scripture is, I mean... It's just what I do. It's where it's where I get all the answers. Right, uh, but you are very versed in Scripture, but there might be people out there that aren't. And they might be like you were whenever you said Chandra turned to God right. first, but you didn't. You, you might have been angry with them. You didn't use those words, but or you just you know felt distant yeah. from them in those particular in that particular moment. So how do you get there if you're, if you're not there? Well, you have to start somewhere. Okay. Um, looking back, I think my advice would be to go to someone who is uh, a Christ follower, mm -hmm. is a mature Christian. When I say mature, I mean mature in the Word, who's, who's been a follower for some time, uh, has displayed uh, evidence of making wise decisions in life yes. uh, because they're, they're well-versed in Scripture. Here's what Jesus says. He says, if you'll remain in me and my words remain in you, my mm. words remain in you, you know, uh, these words in the Bible, right. if my right. words remain in you, then ask whatever you wish and it'll be given to you. Right. You know, so we have to remain in Christ. We have to spend a lot of time in prayer. We have to spend a lot of time around other Christians. So for a new believer or someone who has not opened the Bible that much in their life, right. they need to begin to spend a lot of time with mature believers. 
who can help them, who can help them read the Bible. Yes. You're going to have questions when you start. What does this mean? You know, mm -hmm. and they can guide you and help you, and and help you to understand that that's what the Holy Spirit is there for to teach you and enlighten you yeah. and explain those scriptures to you. You know, enlighten you. Is, yeah, I love that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, so. As far as your life is concerned, so you and Chandra were able to mend things and um, and start to to move down that path, and you have three amazing children, mm -hmm. and you have raised these kids to become independent. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and so, what would you say to somebody like me who is still in the trenches, still raising those kids? Yeah still trying to be the best spouse that I can be mm -hmm. uh, and, the, and the best parent that I can be to right. my kids. So what's some wisdom that you might have for... April, for you, I would say keep doing what you're doing because I know you and Adams. <laughs> and uh, y'all are great role models for parents and for a husband Thank and wife relationships. I mean, y'all are uh, younger than Chandra and I, but you, you're doing the right thing. So just keep doing, keep doing what yeah. you're doing. Um, God gave me 20 years ago a statement that I've used in, in, in marriage conferences and things like that, and it's this. Your relationship with your spouse will never be what it can be until your relationship with Jesus is what it ought to be. Oh, that's good. And that actually goes for all relationships. Relationships mm -hmm. with your kids will never be what it can be until your relationship with Jesus is what it ought to be. Everything hangs on your relationship with Jesus. You yeah. know the old analogy about the cross, the vertical is, is right. our relationship with Jesus and the horizontal is with each other. But what we need to understand is that horizontal piece hangs on the vertical piece. So if that yeah. vertical cross is not driven into the ground deep, Ooh, yeah. then it'll fall right along with the, with the relationship with others. Mm -hmm. So our relationship with each other really hinges on that. Um, so you keep doing what you're doing. Uh, I would tell others to do what we talked about a minute ago. That's if you're hanging out with people who are not like you want to be in life, mm -hmm. then you need to change your friends. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, you need to start hanging out with people who are doing right. life like you would like to see your life be yeah. like. You know, uh, so you will become like the people you hang around with. Everybody knows that. That's right. Uh, you need to remain in the Word, remain in Christ, remain in, the, in and have His Word remain in you. And by doing that, you hang out with other strong believers. And uh, I, I'll make you this promise. I'll make everyone this promise. If you've not read the Bible much and you're not well-versed at all, start reading it and praying before you read that the Holy Spirit would enlighten you mm -hmm. and give you wisdom and explain scriptures to you. And I'll promise you that it will get better. It won't happen overnight, you know, right. but it will get better. You just have to persevere and stay with it. And you know this just from um, being in Made to Shine. I, I remember writing that book and I, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I keep on, I feel like I'm writing the same thing over and over again. It was just about, you know, getting into the Word, reading the Word of God yeah. and going back to the Word. And I said, I feel like a broken record. And then I felt like the Holy Spirit told me back, is it not all about my word? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yes, yes, sir. It is. Yeah. All so here's it. the amazing thing uh, about the Bible. I, a lot of people think it's just a book. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's not even a single book. It's a collection of 66 different books. And here's some amazing facts about it. These 66 books were written by 40 different inspired writers mm-hmm. over a period of 1,500 years wow. on three different continents in three different languages. And guess what? The message agrees. There, there's no historical contradiction in, in any of the Bible. The same central message, you know, that God created the world, man falls, God redeems mankind, and we're saved through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And it's in all 66 books kind of point us in the same direction. The odds of 40 different, of who didn't even know each other, by the way, I mean, they lived over uh, 1,500 years in different continents. But what if you were to get 40 authors today that knew each other to write 66 different books and have them agree on anything would be literally impossible, (laughs) you know, and have the same message. Uh, Why am I so high on on Scripture? Well, number one, it's it's God's living and breathing Word, and He's got all the answers. He created us. But let let me just tell you why Scripture is so amazing and that it could only be written by God. And here's why. There were 53 prophecies about Jesus. Uh, There was a study done, and I I so wished I I had who did it and where it was done, but it was a group of, it was a professor that got a group of some of his top college students to do a study to find out what the odds of these 53 prophecies about Jesus coming true would be uh, because he wanted to know. Uh, The odds were so overwhelming that they couldn't do it. So he said, look, let's don't look at 53 prophecies. Let's just look at eight. Eight prophecies about Jesus that came true. What are the odds of that happening? You know. So they did the study and they came to uh, the odds are one in 10, I think with 17 zeros behind it. It's one in a quad, uh, quad, quadrillion. I think it's one one chance in a yeah. quadrillion. Now, you don't know what a quadrillion looks like. Not I don't know what a quadrillion no. looks like. And nobody does, right? I don't think that number is huge. So to put that in perspective, if you were to take a silver dollar yes. and you were to cover every square inch of the state of Texas in silver dollars, okay? Mm-hmm. So everything's covered in silver dollars. That's not a quad- I've driven through Texas. That, that's right. <laughs> it takes you it's a, a while time. to get no, across Texas. The <laughs> whole state of Texas, silver dollars are covering every square inch of it, okay? Mm-hmm. But that's not a quadrillion. You have to stack them two feet high, oh, okay? Wow. Now, on one of those coins, you've put a mark on it, and you haven't told me where it was or anybody else. It could be anywhere in any depth on any square inch of the state of Texas, and you say, now, I want you to pick a coin. The odds of that person picking a coin, one of those coins, is the same odds that those eight, pro- eight of the 53 no would have come true about Jesus. That is powerful. So that's huge. do you tell me that's not a divine, <laughs> that's right. divinely written word of God? Yes. And that's why, I mean, I, I count on Scripture for everything. All the answers of my life, any troubles, even the celebrations. What do I do when things are really good? God, That's He great. tells you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah. That that is a great argument for why we do need the Word of God, and yeah. and and it is. It's truth. 
and we can stand on it when times are dark and when times are are filled with light. Yeah. You know, but absolutely, I have loved being able just to let my fingers dance across the pages of scripture mm-hmm. for the past several years and he has given me a hunger for his word and I want to tell you that if you do not love to read the word of God then ask him for a desire to do that and he will give it to you just like he did it for me he will give you a supernatural love for his word and all you have to do is ask and just see just taste it and see (laughs) and you will be amazed that he will he will make it so that your appetite is never satisfied that you just want to keep coming back over and over and over again because his word is truth but it is also so filling yeah you know so fulfilling so keith so much great wisdom in all of this conversation that we have had today but i want to ask you one final question okay what is lightening your load what is lightning (laughs) let me take a sip of coffee okay (laughs) Good coffee, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> what is lightening my load? <clears throat> wow. That's a... Wasn't really expecting you to ask that right now. So, uh, all right, not to sound churchy, too churchy. Okay. Because I I can be funny sometimes when I should be serious. My wife tells me that. Okay, mm-hmm. enough joking, Keith. Uh, but seriously, not to be too churchy. The only thing that really lightens my load is I go to Matthew eleven twenty eight, where Jesus says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and yeah. I will give you rest. Oh. And let me tell you something, I'm 63, I'm weary, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> and I get burdened, I have three yes. grown kids and, and spouses and I, I mean, I've got one spouse, they've yeah. got spouses, that <laughs> yeah. would be burdened. And, and I've got five grandkids yeah. and I'm telling you, and I've got an elderly mom. Mm-hmm. And life is hard, April. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it's just hard, you know. That's right. When Jesus said we'd have troubles in this world, He meant it. Right. We do. It's just hard, and so I can't, I cannot shoulder the burdens of this mm-hmm. life on my own. And I'm, I'm the, uh, what do you call them, the patriarch of our family because my dad passed away 11 years ago. So I, mm-hmm. I'm the oldest living man in our, in our life. I feel the responsibility to provide, protect, and serve for my whole family, for my whole family. That's a big burden, but at least God's given me enough wisdom to know that I can't do it by myself. So when Jesus says, come to me all year weary and burdened, that's me, I I qualify. He says, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon Mm -hmm. me and learn from me, upon you and learn from me. And and that's what I do because his yoke is easy and his burden's light. That's right. And, and uh, that's how I lighten my load. I just give it all to Jesus. <laughs> just let him carry it. <laughs> that's I love right. It. Well, this has been the best conversation. I really appreciate you coming in. You are a true light in my mm-hmm. life, and I appreciate you. We love you, April. Thank you. And uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, glad you're right. here. Hello friends, thank you so much for tuning into the Reflecting Light Show. We hope that you enjoyed it and you got some positivity out of it. If you did, please let us know and share it with a friend. Until next time, go and be the light.